Do you have any memories about your childhood? You were interested in science or technology as a kid? Very interested in science and technology. I grew up outside New York City uh, on Long Island, it's called. And uh, in that area, it was very kind of uh, peaceful, very nature, uh, filled with nature, natural beauty, the ocean. <clears throat> I was always mesmerized by the ocean. I love collecting rocks and shells and yeah. kind of just looking at them and seeing what kind of patterns they make. And it's funny because my kids will do that too nowadays. They'll pick up a sand dollar, they'll pick up a, uh, you know, a jellyfish <laughs> uh, and they wanna see what makes these things work. And I think the interface between kind of the curiosity that one has when one is young can yeah. be translated into a career. And I often, I was asking one of my sons about this yesterday, uh, you know, what are you, what do you, lo you lose track of time doing? So in what, in what uh, activity that you do, do you lose track? And besides video games or besides YouTube, uh, it's really, he loves to read. He loves to, uh, to think about big questions and he loves to uh, kind of teach things. So I said, you know, we'll keep that in mind and, and maybe someday you will be interested in something that allows you to use that passion, intense passion for your career. And that's sort of what I did. I, was, I never thought I could get paid to be an astronomer. I mean, who, who does that? It's like, uh, it's like getting paid to be a cookie taster or something. You know, it's, and nobody's going to pay me to do it. I'll do it for free. Uh, yeah. but, uh, but in truth, if you follow your passion, if you're really um, uh, in incredibly you know, consumed and you can't not do it, it's, uh, it's something that could lead to a, to a very valuable career. I can't agree more with that. I think many students struggling with how you find your passion and most importantly, your purpose, how you find that. And if you can tell us just one example, how you can find your purpose, either in science, outside science, what are factors yeah. you think? It's funny, you know, Marwa, I, it's, it's hard to know your purpose looking forward. Sometimes you only learn your purpose looking backwards. And, uh, um, you know, if, if I think about the steps that, you know, took in my life, there might've been a few pivotal steps that define my life. Um, I think my purpose was always, honestly, to be a father, to be a husband. I think that's what I'm naturally sort of inclined to do. And I would do um, if they paid me less than they already do, uh, I would still be a father and a husband. And so I think that being a human being, being mm -hmm. having a soul, having a, uh, a, a desire to, to, to connect to other human beings, that's sort of natural, that is sort of my passion. Uh, yeah. But beyond that, I never knew that you could c combine a passion for talking to other people, for making jokes, as corny and unfunny as they may be, uh, but you could connect to the general public who has such a thirst for science, for technology. People like you and me, we are sort of doing magic. Arthur C. Clarke, who is the, um, the founding namesake of UC San Diego's Arthur C. Clarke Center for Human Imagination, where I am the co-director, as well as the Into the Impossible podcast, which is one of his phrases. He said, the only way to know the limits of the possible is to venture beyond them into the impossible. So I always ask my guests, and I'm going to ask you later, uh, what you thought was impossible as a, young, as a young child that allowed you to then go past that boundary into the impossible. For me, it was um, overcoming uh, rejection, overcoming failure. I didn't go to the Harvards like, uh, like Professor Dan, Darren Lapomi, who's a big fan of yours too. <laughs> and uh, George Whitesides, who you've had on your show, uh, but but I've I've had uh, you know I had to I had to make it a different way, and I never gave up. 
and I, I just knew that my love of the universe and answering big questions would carry me on, even when, you know, I feel uh, my book title, obviously, Losing the Nobel Prize, that's a spoiler. I did not win the Nobel Prize, uh, but that's not, it wasn't a letdown to me. It was just another, uh, another goal. I always say to my students in graduate school, <clears throat> I see them, the, uh, the, the, the reward for solving a problem in your thesis is a harder problem. <laughs> so it's like you always do the easiest stuff first. You pick the lowest fruit first. So the harder uh, achievements are beyond your grasp and they always should be. And no one really gets to the promised land without struggle, so to speak. Yeah, indeed. I agree with you. A struggle, I think, and pain is part of life. And, and you have to cope with that. It makes you grow and stronger. So that's really powerful. But I, I'm curious to ask about your father, um, how was the relationship and how he affected you? I think you almost in your most episode, you, you mentioned him. So how was the relationship and how he affected you? Yeah, my father and I had a complex relationship. Here in the U.S., it's common for fathers and sons to be competitive yeah. with, uh, with baseball or football. And yeah. I was always good at that. But I, my father and mother divorced when I was very young, um, uh, something like six or seven years old. And then I didn't see my father for 15 years uh, until I was in graduate school. I knew he was a scientist. I knew he was a great mathematician. I knew he won many awards and mm -hmm. uh, achievements, but I knew that he never won the Nobel Prize. And so for me as a kid, uh, having some anger towards him for, you know, having not been in my life, uh, estranged from my life for 15, you know, long, painful years during those formative years when a kid is a teenager, you know, yeah. falls in love for the first time, gets dumped for the first time, gets rejected from uh, the colleges that he wanted to go to, uh, et cetera. And it goes for girls as well. Uh, so for me, it was very painful. And so I wanted to supersede him to exceed his accomplishments. And I know it's a very small minded aspect of my character, but I want to be honest that that was an animating impulse for me to win a Nobel prize would be to forever prove my superiority as a scientist. Uh, and that was part of the motivation. It wasn't a hundred percent. It was part of it. And that's a psychological side of me. I yeah. admit, I don't regret, uh, but it's not something that I would say I'm particularly proud of. That's very interesting. And uh, I think it's very complex at the same time because was it incentive for you as a competition with your dad or incentive to be like a curiosity? And you still have the same incentive? Yeah. Yeah, I got a lot of, uh, of, of character traits, good and bad from my father, <clears throat> and, and especially from my mother, mostly good ones. She's still uh, alive. My father passed away, sadly, uh, very young. But, um, but we had a good relationship. We were able to reconcile towards the end of his life <clears throat> and develop a, a very deep bond that, uh, according to him, was deeper than any other father and son because we kind of paused our relationship at age six or seven and then re resumed it in my 20s when I was mature, when I was getting a PhD, when I was interested in physics. He used to joke, I don't care about playing with kids until they learn linear algebra. And, you know, yeah. um, that's a pretty high bar, you know, uh, for, for anybody, let alone a little kid. So uh, he was joking. But the fact is that, um, as you know, when you're teaching or when you're uh, as an educator, it's always more fun to teach the more advanced classes because mm -hmm. at that level, the students know almost as much as you and your job is to have them effectively surpass you. And so I feel like that, you know, kind of delay in our relationship meant he didn't have to have 
you know, the, the patience to deal with me learning arithmetic. And then he could just talk to me about group theory and, and, uh, and other advanced topics in science and math. So I don't regret it. I don't, you know, I'm sure it could have been easier for me as a kid. And I wouldn't wish that on, on my worst enemy to go through, you know, the kind of childhood that I had to go through because I was a child of divorce, but I had a lot of great, great treasured memories from my father as well. So I think I get a lot of that curiosity, passion, anti-authority bias, um, you know, from my father. father.